Oh, hi. I'm Crystal, your favorite hairy lady from RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 1. And Xena the Warrior Princess made me queer. It's true. I mean, do you remember Ares? Remember Cupid? Hot damn. Welcome to The Things That Made Me Queer, the podcast that explores queer identities using the pop culture and personal moments that shaped us. Each week, I will interview a special guest who will bring a person, a place, a piece of music, a film or TV series, and a wildcard that help them understand or embrace or accept their queerness. How fab! A little note on this podcast before we continue. I use the word queer a lot here. For me, it's a fabulous umbrella term which encompasses the gorgeous entirety of the LGBTQIA community. And this community that I'm trying to show the richness of with this podcast. For me, the word queer is a brilliant way of saying not straight. But this word may not feel right for you, and that is totally okay. You can feel free to substitute mentally any word that makes you feel gorgeous. And also, just some food for thought. Gay was originally used as a slur before it was reclaimed and became the norm, and people have been reclaiming queer since as early as the 1910s. The more you know. Anyway, on with the show! My guest today is Omari Douglas, which I guess you've probably already seen when you clicked play. They are one of the stars of It's a Sin, the huge TV show on Channel 4 and HBO Max last year. Omari plays Roscoe, the character who dates a closeted Tory MP and who pisses in Margaret Thatcher's coffee. Oh, aspirational. I assume you've already watched it, but if you haven't, Run, don't walk to watch It's a Sin right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Omari Douglas. Couple of queer fangirls here. It is very that. I mean, I sort of, I, you hopped onto this Zoom and I saw a purple wig and then I like looked up <laughs> and I saw, and then I saw loads of wigs and I was like, oh my God, this is just like gay heaven right now. Totally. I mean, you need to come over yeah. and try some on sometime. The purple wig oh, is God, not sure. on my head. It's it's on a bed behind me, just waiting for a bit of loving. Um, <laughs> not not in that way. Oh, gross! I don't make I don't make love to my wigs. <laughs> why 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 not? You've got to you've got to look yeah. after them. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, babes, before we kick off, can you just let me know um, how you identify and what your pronouns are? I identify as gay or queer. I kind of have no sort of like strict attachment to either and I use he him pronouns gorgeous love that yeah babes you've had quite a year yeah just just a little bit right <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Woo, I, where does one begin I well I mean obviously I have had like the privilege of my life which has been you know being in it's a sin which has kind of seemingly taken literally the world by storm like the other day we were just kind of like seeing previews of it being um premiered in Korea and it's just like wow this was just this like little show that we were making in Manchester a couple of years ago um 
and now it's just it's 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 global and I'm 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 so happy for that and I'm so thrilled and obviously I've been sort of um taking it all in like mostly in my house with my mom and then you know uh, uh, occasionally I've kind of been like doing little bits of work in London like over the past couple of weeks so I've been kind of like toing and froing and sort of I step into London and I guess sort of it feels a little bit more kind of like real because like I don't know I kind of pop to the shop and you might bump into someone that's like seen the show and it's 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 amazing like everyone has been so mm-hmm. lovely but then of course like I come home and I mean I'm from Wolverhampton I I, I live in Wolverhampton it's a very sort of like quiet humble city and kind of there's not really been much for me to go out and do really at the moment, apart from like going for a run or something like that. So it sort of felt like uh, there's almost like a quiet disassociation from it when I'm, when I'm here, it's all on my phone really. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. I fully relate to that. Um, like the drag race experience is very similar, especially during like a lockdown situation where you're like, I think I might be kind of famous on the internet, but that does not have any translation into like my real life. Yeah. It's very like dichotomous, isn't it? It's like It is. There's definitely like a sense of anonymity here. Have you been recognized in Wolverhampton? Uh no. Actually, I did. I did. I I suddenly for- forgotten that I had. I was I was literally just finishing a run and someone was on a bike and they went past me and they sort of like shouted something at me I can't really remember like it it was kind of garbly but I heard it's a sin in there and I was just I, like oh my god I love you yeah <laughs> yeah so it, it it was like it was recognition in passing like quite literally yeah that's nice yeah and I'm sure you've yeah. had lots of people who are too shy because I feel like British people are quite reserved when it comes to like going up to people but sometimes sometimes you know like someone's just clocked you and then they get like a little bit awkward or they pull out their phone to like check or yeah. they whisper to their friend you, you kind of get those little moments don't you I know because you don't really know like what the borderline is like because mm-hmm. also like I have been in that position and I I will continue to do that like I'm I'm and I'm shy about doing it but like you want to go up to someone that you like appreciate and sort of like tell them that you appreciate what they you've done like literally I just can't stress like I and we've just talked about the fame of it which is kind of not the point at all but like the the impact that that show has had and like I think when people think back over this time it's going to be one of those touch points that just so so poignant so important and so powerful and um just what an amazing thing to be to be a part of it's brilliant because yeah because like I mean I knew when I was to be honest like when I was auditioning for it I was kind of pretty much swept up in the sort of thing that like I was so close to sort of like clinching this show and it would be my first TV show. So I was very much like in that space. Um, And then when I found out that I got the role, then like everything else kind of like sort of reveals itself to you. That thing being that like we are representing a time like a very specific time that people have lived and there are still generations of people to sort of recall that experience so immediately you go oh my god this is this is even though it's fictional it's real for people so there's so much kind of like duty and 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 responsibility in that so like I guess all that I could do and I guess we all did is is like 
you do the work before and you immerse yourself in all of that stuff and then you kind of go in and you 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 film it and and I guess what the brilliant thing is is that like for for for, for the most part it is these like kids having a good time so you like get lost in all of that stuff and then what was amazing and, and obviously like all of the context and everything is always kind of like there like it, it it it's here it's around you but you don't want it to kind of like sort of infiltrate the work like too much you don't want to get like too worried about it but then sort of like since the show has come out and seeing the like platform that it's given to like campaigners and organizations like to be able to sort of like elevate them and engage with them and see how the public have been engaging engaging with the, those 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 charities and organizations as well and just sort of like people wanting to actively sort of like um improve their awareness of 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 HIV AIDS especially like that is amazing it it's 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 just huge and you know I'm I'm so grateful and I guess that's the lesson as well isn't it that it's definitely the fact that the the stories that you guys told were told from such like a human and very light-hearted place that like it gave all of the light to all of the shadow and it really is what helped I think make it more than just a story about the tragedy of HIV and AIDS it was really a celebration of life as well and um I think that's what sticks with me the most from watching the series like and that's why it was so emotional watching like I've never cried like that at anything in my entire life so it was just like very affecting very powerful um, if anyone listening hasn't watched It's a Sin yet, you make sure that you do. And just, I bow down to the Omari. Congratulations on an amazing, amazing piece of work. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, should we get into the things that made you queer? Yes, we should. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Place. We are in the assembly hall at Claregate Primary School. But before yeah. we get there, just set the scene for, for me where are we, Wolverhampton still? We are in Wolverhampton, very quiet, sort of industrial Wolverhampton, super suburban, you know? So like, at this point, I'm like, how old will I be here? Maybe like six or seven. And I definitely have like a knack for, it's really interesting actually, because I've been speaking to my cousins recently and actually my co- one of my cousins sent me loads of pictures of me. Uh, uh, she sent them to me on WhatsApp of like, younger me and I looked at them and I actually was like oh okay maybe I was definitely going to be gay (laughs) 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 I saw there's this picture of me in these kind of like baby pink cords and these like really cool trainers and like a kicker's jumper and I'm just kind of like I don't know what I'm leaning against but it's like it's it's actually quite cool actually I'm really proud of it but yeah (laughs) maybe maybe it was like around that it could be like around the same time that this particular picture that I'm thinking of but um I love like I loved watching music videos I loved imitating music videos and I used to watch like the box and smash hits and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was, I don't think we have that anymore. Like those kind of channels where you're just sort of like, you've got this constant role of music videos. And I'm not sure I'd have to ask my mom, maybe I got into trouble once for like using the landline phone to like call in and request a song when I like didn't <laughs> ask her or something like that. But you're like, that text across the bottom of the screen. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly that. So basically 
I remember there being this talent show at, at, at my primary school and um, the, 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 this assembly hall was, it, it, it was really quite big and we always used to have like those stages where they were like blocks, like raised blocks with this awful kind of like carpeted surface on it. And like there would be separate squares that would all kind of get locked oh, yeah. in together to I make like one, one big yeah. stage. Yeah, 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 super classy. Um, and I had recently been bought, my mom actually bought me the CD single of Baby One More Time. <laughs> and so my thing that I did in the talent show was I did it's so weird thinking about it because like I remember kind of like not singing it but maybe I kind of like lip synced to it a little bit but I definitely tried I basically went on stage in front of my whole entire primary school and did a routine to baby one more time and I remember like taking the cd with me into school and I can literally picture it like I can see where the big hi-fi system was in the assembly hall and there were like speakers in every corner of the room and like there were kids sat on benches at the back and then there were loads of kids sat on the floor and I remember like hearing the music for the first time and I it was like I'd planned what I wanted to do but I was so nervous that like none of that happened and it, it do you know what it was maybe like a little bit traumatic because like I remember like it just landing like an absolute bomb like it was it was so bad I remember like the number finishing and like everyone just being like (laughs) (laughs) okay wait wait wait. are you are you like um are you in any kind of costume and are and is there any kind of amplification for your voice no, no amplification at all, which is why I kind of was led to sort of think like maybe I was just lip syncing it because my yeah. voice was never going to carry like over the sound system. But I do remember like trying to imitate the bit where like the bit in the bridge of the song where they're like all stood in the circle and they're doing that bit. Oh, yeah. When they're like holding hands in the circle and also imitating the PE teacher. Um, like, no, 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 not the PE teacher. There's like a, the, the, the sort of like headmistress who's like in the classroom with her with the glasses. And there's the bit where towards the end, she's like stood in the gym with them and she like does this little move like this. Oh, yeah. 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 And I remember yeah. I remember doing that like at the end just being like, yes, this is like very, this is, this very is, this mean girl's mum. Yes, that's the one. So that literally landed like a sack of shit. That was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, did you kind of know, like, right before you went on, what was about to happen? You suddenly realized what you were about to do, or were you like fully feeling the fantasy until the music stopped? I can't say that I was feeling the fantasy, to be honest. I remember, <laughs> like, just if anything, I was kind of like, I need to get through this. I don't know how, but I'm, I've, I've, I've committed now. It was one of those things where, like, you set yourself up for, and you're, you're very much like in on the idea and you're like yeah this is cool and then I just remember being stood on the stage because like you're raised as well like you're literally kind of like looking down at them and I was like oh my god this is such a bad idea like what what have I got myself (laughs) into and it also it's that thing of like the music blaring out at you and me opening my mouth and just not hearing anything so it's like right this is you basically just described all of my drag shows yeah (laughs) I'm literally lip syncing by default. Like, yeah. 
not by the lip syncing, the dread, the stunned expressions on the audience. You've just described the life of a drag queen. (laughs) (laughs) My destiny has been fulfilled. Um, Back to little Omari. Like, that's, I guess, that's pretty, pretty damn gay to be like a six year old doing a a performance piece to baby one more time. Like what kind of response did you get from that? And like, what kind of response were you getting from the world about being what sounds like, you know, a little bit camp? Mm. Well, I mean, obviously it, it, the, the the immediate reaction to the performance was nil poire, but like, (laughs) I guess kind of like moving, I guess like moving forwards from there, like, I, I, I still loved performing so it was very much like I wanted to engage in as much stuff as as as, as possible but like you know I remember like you know and I've I, I remember having a conversation with my cousin like when I was quite young and she was sort of like everyone everyone was aware like that I was very kind of like just sort of camp and just like loved these sort of like brilliant and bold and just kind of like flamboyant things and and yeah, I think, I don't know, because like, I, 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 I have such a loving family. And I guess like a lot of it, to, you know, especially when I think about my mom, like a lot of it is just that sort of like, maternal kind of like instinct, isn't it? And, and, and I guess she knew and like, I'm so grateful because she kind of like, she just let me sort of like live in that space. And she, she gave me those things, like she knew how much I love music and sort of, obviously not to give too much away, but for for obviously other things that we're going to talk about further down the line, but like, I was obsessed with the Spice Girls. Like Mm -hmm. I was, and like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I was that kid who also, you know, and I guess it's difficult, isn't it? When you do start to recognize, because, you know, if someone was to ask me like, kind of like, when did you know that you were gay? I could, it's, it's hard to put like a kind of like specific time on it because I guess the more you think about it, the earlier and earlier and earlier back that you can go and I guess I did so many things to maybe try and kind of not cover not not, well I guess you could say cover it or, or 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 just kind of go like no like I am more masculine than sort of like dancing around to 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 Britney Spears I tried football I did like karate for like years and stuff like that and and like you know I was quite good at like athletics and 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 all that kind of thing but like you know when push comes to shove like my calling was always this and mm-hmm. my family always supported that so I, I I feel really lucky in that sense and I used to like oh my god like every really kind of like every Saturday was our kind of like go out and do errands day with like me and my mom and we couldn't kind of like be going down the high street and like sort of mm-hmm. going to shops and stuff to get things that we needed I went from having like I used to have this hi-fi and I used to record the chart music like on a cassette yep. I'd record it all and I'd walk around like Dudley Street like with my um like with my little earphones in like listening to my cassette and then that upgraded to a Walkman and I used to have this CD pouch that I literally used to carry around with me like yep. and I would be walking in the street and I would open the Walkman and I'd take the disc out and I'd put it back into the sleeve in the pouch and then I'd get the next one out and I'd literally just be like bopping down the street so like <laughs> I don't know it's, it's just always been so like inherent in me you know yeah and I guess um it I think it really is a testament to probably like the environment that you were in that you 
were not only encouraged to do that performance in the first place, but like then further encouraged beyond that. Um, and yeah. so like, yeah, it's hard to remember at age six, like what kind of exact messages you were getting, but you obviously weren't getting too many that were telling you to bring that in. Stop. No, because just... I, I mean, I, m- maybe I, I mean, I was a very, 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 very sensitive kid. And I probably would have cried like sort of after that performance, like went tragically. And like a lot of that kind of carried on in the sense that, you know, because I think much further down the line, maybe when I was about like 13, 14, I started doing like amateur theatre societies Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. (laughs) And I used to cry like if an audition went really badly. And my mom was sort of, and, and I guess it was difficult at that point because I was very much in just the sort of like enjoyment stage of of, of in terms of theatre and stuff. It wasn't like I want to be an actor. I was doing it because I enjoyed it. And kind of maybe my mom like didn't get it so much then. She'd be like, yeah. why are you so upset? Like, it's just this thing. And she'd be like, you know, next time it'll be fine and whatnot. And you maybe get the part that you want. Like, you know, so those are the things that I was sort of like crying about when I was 13. But um, yeah, like it, it, it was kind of always supportive, like on the whole know yeah wonderful yeah well there you have it britney spears the the video that launched a thousand gays (laughs) thank you britney (laughs) thank you britney we'll be forever paying you back for that music so up next we have your album or song and you have said sugar babes one touch classic my god okay so where do I begin with this yeah are we skipping ahead probably just like a couple of years a couple of years because I think if I'm right this is where my like geeky pop trivia is coming out I feel like this album came out in like 2000 or 2001 or something like that exactly right 2000 wow so I still would have been like six or seven at the at this point and um don't ask me why because I genuinely don't know how but I did I had like a I had for some reason like a a, a pirate copy of the album like where <laughs> it had been like where basically it had been burnt onto a disc for me and like I actually still swear that there was maybe like an album print like on the CD I I I, I don't oh. know but then also like <laughs> someone had like printed in color the cover art and like cut out very neatly into a square and put it into a black cd case but then like I was gutted because like I didn't get an album sleeve and I didn't have Mm. lyrics so Mm. it was very much like guessing lyrics and it's only now that I actually do have like the proper copy of the album and I sort of like definitely like sat and looked at it and I was like (laughs) miss misheard that lyric misheard that lyric and definitely misheard that lyric this is so charming (laughs) (laughs) and um and basically I just I mean when 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 they released Overload like I just I don't know what I connected with but because in a way I don't know why I connected with them because like I mean I love those girls I think they're 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 amazing like Siobhan and Keisha and Mutia but like at that time they were so young, they were like 13, 14. And their sort of like energy was this kind of like nonchalant thing, kind of like- I didn't, they were like, that young? Yeah, they were really young. They were wow. like 13, 14, 15. At least when they started writing the album, they, they, they were super young. And they were so nonchalant. 
yeah and unbothered unbothered unfazed and kind of you 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 sort of think about it now and you kind of go like what a sort of like confidence to have when you're that age and you're just sort of like being thrust in the spotlight because I remember like watching you know I used to watch all of their top of the pops performances and stuff and they would just like sit on a stool <laughs> and there would be like they do stool choreography and they'd just be like train comes out and now it's destination and then they'd be like change side it's a one <laughs> I was but like, it was it was a different time. Like the Spice Girls also didn't do that much. They did more. But they but... did more. And and like generally in terms of the aesthetic, like the Spice Girls were very kind of like oh, costumey. Yeah. They were costumey. Oh, yeah. Like Siobhan, Keisha and Mutia were giving you like boot cut frayed jeans. Yeah. Girls at the stilet- mall. Girls at the mall. Stiletto heel a crop top with like a deep plunge V like there are a lot of so me one of my really close friends um who I went to school with we always laugh because like so in the Manda Centre which is like Wolverhampton Shopping Centre there are always like these kind of like really sort of like like kind of like trashy kind of like clothes shops and like we there was this one shop that was called like hypnotic and like (laughs) that is that is the kind of shop that you would go to if you would want those kind of like clothes with like the boot cuts and like all the jeans at that time were like low rise. So like you 100%. kind of like see the V on someone and really wide belts and like beads. To show off your, any like belly button piercing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and oh my God, that was such a thing then, wasn't it? Like belly, belly yeah. do, do people even still get that now? It's like, it was such know. a fad, wasn't it? It sure was. Know. Little, yeah, little was... diamante belly jewel. Yeah, yeah, belly a belly bar, um, but 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 anyway, like I, I don't know why, but I just kind of I just loved them. I I I really loved them, and this album I kind of really loved as well because it was so mature, and I still listen to it now and absolutely love it now because there was there was like this kind of like garage element to it, this kind of like R&B element to it that was kind of like really beyond their years. And because all of my cousins are older than me, like one cousin in particular who I used to kind of, she used to play a lot of music to me and she used to listen to like a lot of like garage and drum and bass stuff. Like it was almost like, it felt like I'd sort of like found my own part of Mm -hmm. that. And I also just used to like listen to the lyrics and they were talking about like, relationships and stuff like that and I just felt like I just like listened to the lyrics and I'd just be like yeah yeah like you tell him I'm like <laughs> yeah like and I, and I just felt really proud because I was like oh my like and obviously I didn't have the words to kind of like articulate it in this way but I was sort of like oh my god like I feel like I know so much about like the female intuition now like it was <laughs> I love that. Like most, I feel like six-year-olds today are listening to Baby Shark and you are listening to Overload, really thinking about like the feminine mystique. (laughs) Literally, literally. So I, and and I kind of didn't, I was then sort of just like really sort of like my affiliation was very much very much like with those three girls and like that incarnation of the group and obviously there were then sort of like many incarnations after that and I obviously still followed them and I loved like all of the music that they made and like you know all of the stuff that they did with Xenomania and I was just you know I I loved all of that stuff but of course like much further down the line when they sort of like 
did that first reunion as MKS, I was all over it. I was Mm. all, all over it. And I guess, I think at that point in my life, like when that came out, I think it was sort of like when I started to like dig the CD out again, the the, the One Touch album and, and listen to it again. And I'm sort of, because I looked over here, like before we started this and I was like, I wonder if I can find the CD, but there's so many here, I can't see it. But like, I just think about like that album cover and they just look so like... <laughs> They look so bored, but not like bored to be there. They just look so unfazed by everything. They look so sweet and so sweet and innocent. And I I just, I just loved that. I, yeah. I actually did a shot for shot remake of the Overload video last summer with two friends because it was the 20th anniversary of the song. And my friend Frida Slaves, shout out to Frida Uh Slaves, is a huge, huge Sugar Babes fan and was like, let's just do this. Like it's, we're coming out of lockdown there's not really anything going on like my friend will film it we'll just do it and um yeah it was just really fun but yeah like you say we just had to like stare at the camera and look a bit bored and like (laughs) look a bit bored (laughs) just stood with my hands in my jean pockets they they, but it's it's so iconic like I remember the video because there's sort of like those fast pan shots of them aren't they just stood against that that white background and they're just stood there and it's really cool (laughs) but putting their sunglasses on yeah but also it's like it's kind of um sort of sort of daring I guess you could say at the time because like when you think about like other girls who were sort of like in the sort of like pop machine I guess you could say like it would have been a different route like they it would have Mm. all been sort of very much like sort of like let's elevate the image and like let's put them in all of like these crazy clothes and 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 sort of like make it really flashy and they were just never that they they were never really that and it was kind of the same with like the all saint like all saints as well because yeah. i i kind of liked them and obviously they were just sort of like slightly before but i you know i love them I, I i think they're awesome as well but they had that similar vibe of being sort of quite sort of like just sort of paired back and just you know chill. yeah it's it's like all saints and sugar babes look like girls that i presume i didn't grow up here but the girls that you knew at school you know like yes they they were very relatable whereas the Spice Girls were giving you like drag pop star kind of looks mm-hmm. um yeah totally it's did yeah. that kind of stick with you that that kind of interest in like the more stripped back or did you go down the full like pop diva experience I I think I definitely have like lived in both worlds I definitely have like a really sort of strong appreciation of like both sides of it because it's yeah it's like your sugar babes and your all saints and like even before that like eternal as well Mm -hmm. and like still now I'm like obsessed with them I was like they were are kind of like because obviously sort of like when you got into the 2000s like you had like mystique and things like that but they were our sort of like sort of pop big huge pop girl group who were front who were fronted by black women and obviously of course they started out as the four with Louise but then when Louise left because that was quite early on it was literally like just Kelly and Esther and Vernie and it was like these three black women who were so like who are so stunning and like Esther has this like incredible voice like just like absolutely incredible and I I'm always like did they ever get the Jews that like they that, that they deserved you know what I mean because like they're so they, they, they were so super talented um but yeah I gave and then them I, their dues on the dance floor that 
sonship remix of one night stand like i think i think we've all wore and we've all worshipped at the church of scandalous like in our time (laughs) exactly exactly scandalous and like all i want because that was that sort of like when garage and like drum and bass was sort of like really in sort of like pop music so like it was proper like dance floor yeah so like i loved uh, i loved love love mystique but then yeah i think i definitely had like the full pop diva experience as well like you know with but but then I don't think I was ob- as obsessed with people like Mariah Carey, like in the same way, like I appreciate her now, uh, uh, of course. But like, I think when I was that age, I knew the music, but I didn't kind of like love those kind of like solo pop divas, like mm-hmm. in the same way that I did as the girl groups. I think I loved the girl groups because that that they it came with this full package of like yeah like you're gonna get a dance routine I mean I say that but then like sort of Britney and Christina as well like they were obviously giving you like these amazing like incredible visuals and stuff in their videos it's, and that kind of thing it's just so funny hearing you talk about all of this because I'm just trying I need to remember that you are like seven having this like you're it sounds like you're very mature in your in your tastes and like you're like no, I don't want my pop di- my pop girls to be too extra. I like the more stripped back <laughs> girls. Like, I'm, I am. Re- you're literally six. <laughs> I was just like Britney. She's she's trying a bit too hard. That Britney. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, and I probably like. Well, maybe this is just me looking at it now, but like, I I can remember like particular like Mariah Carey videos, and I'm literally like why isn't she dancing that much? And I remember like the heart, I remember, I remember the heartbreaker video and she's just, and she still does it now. Like, I mean, and I love her for it, but she's just sort of like bopping from side to side and just like swinging her arms. And I'm like, Mariah, do something. (laughs) That heartbreaker video of Mariah, that's the most choreo we have ever had from Mariah. And, um, you know, she gave us that that moment you know she does the she does the bend and snap she gives us an ass yes. slap. and she, she has the like and uncrosses her legs <laughs> <laughs> and the honey video as well I really remember that because that was on the like on the, on the was boat. it on a yacht on a yacht yeah. and she's got like the white she's got like the white two-piece like co-ord thing like the little crop top and the and the mini skirt and she's doing that like signature move again she's just rocking from side uh-huh. to side and maybe like going forwards and back a little bit yeah I'll tell you what I saw Mariah in Paris a few years ago and she was carried on stage on like a divan like one of those sofas <laughs> and one point in the show she walked across the stage without anyone helping her and she got an applause for it and like <laughs> that just shows what the level of expectation is from Mariah Carey moving under her own power. And like, I think that's fine. Good for you, babes. You have built yeah, yeah, a career yeah. over like needing to be helped everywhere you go. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's I remember, quite aspirational, like, to be honest. <laughs> I think like one of my favorite pieces of like pop writing I read once, and I hope I don't pa- like paraphrase it or just sort of like say it really badly. But I remember reading this article. I can't remember who wrote it, but they were talking about it was called something like mariah carey and her like conservation of energy and they were saying that like yeah and the the bit where they're saying like they say something like whereas westlife will sort of like signal a climax by sort of like stepping off of the bar stool for the key change mariah (laughs) sits down on the sofa (laughs) it's basically just physics you know like there's only a limited amount of energy in the world and 
where you save, you can use in other places. So yeah, <laughs> Mariah Carey, the physicist. Let's move on to your next item. Yes. Can't wait to see where this takes us. We're just, <laughs> uh, we're going all over the shops. I love it. Person. Your next item is your person. And you've mm-hmm. put Tori Wilson, who I'm not familiar with. So tell me. Okay, so when I was young, I really was like obsessed with like WWF at the time, now WWE. Like I was completely obsessed with it. And I used to, and again, all of my influences basically came from my cousins. Like my cousins used to watch it. So I just sort of buy sort of just being with them I would watch it and I just are you latched onto are you an it. only child yeah 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 I am yeah so and your cousins um, are yeah filling that role for you filling that yeah 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 I guess you could say so yeah and um my I used to go around to my auntie's house and like if it was a weekend then like because my auntie had like all the Sky Sports channels and like some some of those shows would like come on the Sky Sports channels and I remember at one point like some of the wrestling shows being on channel five or something like that. But whenever they were sort of like played live and it was too late, my auntie always used to record everything on VHS and then we'd like watch it the next day. And I definitely was like, and also like WWE is so kind of dramatized. It's like watching a soap. And I think I, I mean, I loved watching all of the matches and stuff. I mean, I just find it hilarious. It's just like all of this like physical stuff and people just sort of like throwing each other around it. And, but also there was something fascinating about it because a lot of the those people are athletes and they do all of these like stunning, like impressive tricks and stuff. So I was always just kind of like blown away by all of that stuff. But at the same time, I loved all of the in-between bits because there'd be these like really soapy segments like in between, almost like telenovela like I remember Mm -hmm. like there being moments of like people arguing and I'm like why are you suddenly like in a car park like having an argument with someone and now like you're it'd be like two women like sort of like throwing like buckets of like mud at each other and then just like sort of like having these like little scrap fights with each other I'd be like what is going on slash why am I so like fascinated by this (laughs) it was always in the dressing rooms as well yeah, always, always in the dressing rooms and like in the corridors and they'd be these yeah. sort of like, sort of, and I always kind of think that I was very naive because to me it was so real, like so real. Mm-hmm. And I kind of look back on it go now and I'm like, why, why was I so like kind of led on by that? But I guess where it took me to was like, I was always fascinated by the women, like in that, in those shows and in that industry and like, they were just these stunning like athletes and they, 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 they just had these incredible physiques. And I was obsessed with like, uh, the, one of my favorite things was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with their entrances and like the music that they would have and like seeing them come down the sort of like runway thing that they would do before they get into the ring and the parade that they would do like around the ring before, be- before the match would start. And I don't know what it was, but I just was really in love with like Tori Wilson, who is this kind of like blonde bombshell, I guess you could say. And she was really sweet and like, but then she'd be kind of like really fierce, like in mm-hmm. in a match. But, and she's, I think she's from like, I'd, I think she's from Idaho. And so she's sort of like, they played on this kind of like 
innocent sort of like girl from a farm like persona country Country girl country girl and I was just like oh my god like I love her and I didn't know whether I was like do I fancy her or am I just like uh, 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 obsessed with her and I think like at that point in my life when I was kind of like oh like what am I who am I like am I gay am I not I remember for a long time I used to have this like cut out of her from a magazine and it was like stuck on my like wardrobe door and it was her in this sort of like I think it was in this like bikini two-piece it's like this American in in, like an American sort of flag like two-piece thing and I guess it was kind of like my shield in a way like Mm -hmm. because it was like oh my god I really fancy her but I didn't like well I do because she's like a very attractive woman but it was like I just idolize her like and I, I and I just I was obsessed with all the women in the show and then I would have the games as well like for like the PlayStation and stuff and I would always play as the female characters like I, I would just always always do that my son's not gay he's obsessed with women and then cut to the women <laughs> and it's the WWE divas like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I'm actually, with you yeah and then once for, for for Christmas I had this um like WWE Divas like compilation DVD and I can't remember what it's called maybe I've got it like somewhere in a box or something but I I can't remember what it's called but it's like just all the divas from the show and I, I, I mean come on they were called they were referred to as the WWE Divas and I was just oh, yeah. like all there for it and <laughs> it's like they go on this like beach retreat and it's just them like doing <laughs> And they go on, they go on all of these like photo shoots. And this whole film is just, it's kind of like part documentary, part like their best bits in the ring. So there were like a couple of matches and stuff. And I kind of look back at that time and I'm sort of like thinking, oh my God, my family must have been like, oh, bless him. Like he's just so in love with all of those girls. <laughs> when really I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I, I want to go on holiday with, with them. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Wow. Um, yeah. Is this like the era of of like China as well? China, or is China China's China's China earlier? Before. Maybe. Yeah, China yeah. was uh, China was like a nineties. Yeah, like, sort of one. Of I the think 90s that's my like. I think that's my touch point. And like Trish Strat Trish, Trish Stratus also Trish Stratus. I loved her as well. Um, and because she, she used to have like she used to have like a black cowboy hat. And this like leather <laughs> and like a leather mini skirt. And I can't remember the song that she would come out to, but she'd just like fully strut like around the um like down the runway into the ring. And her signature move was like, because I remember on the PlayStation game, like it would come up with like the name of the finisher move, like when you mm-hmm. wanted to use it on someone. And hers was just <laughs> bitch slap. And I was just <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> obsessed with it and I was just like yes like bitch slap him like yeah I mean it's oh my god it's, this is so cringy but yeah I, I I just sort of had this um natural like pull towards like all of this women and all of these women and there were so many of them but yeah I think like Tori Wilson was probably like at the apex of like my sort of like who I admired the most mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's just interesting, really, because as I said, I think it was like my shield. It was my like, if 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 anyone asks me like, who is your celebrity crush? I'd be like, oh yeah, Tori Wilson. I love yeah. her. 
when really it was serving a different purpose i think totally everyone had those like quick answers that they could give if if needed um do you, was that like purely subconscious for you do you think or were were you consciously kind of aware that you were like i just want to hang out with with them mm, good question because it's hard to know at that age isn't it like yeah like hindsight is, is what... a very sort of yeah good position to be in like we can reflect on it but I think that it was like it was probably a subconscious thing I think at the time I was like oh my god I love her I think she's so beautiful like yeah the, like 11 year olds having crushes is just actually quite peculiar in lots of ways and it's something that I think like actually parents kind of put on kids or like maybe older kids put on younger kids it's like this pressure but it's it's actually very heteronormative and it's quite bizarre in lots of ways. And like mm. when you hear people who are opposed to gay rights saying like, stop sexualizing our children. And you're like, <laughs> like you ask literal five-year-olds who your girlfriend is like, that's really, really bizarre. And exactly. Um, yeah, so I don't think and, any 11-year-old who's saying, like, I have a crush on this celebrity is actually knows whether or not they actually have a crush on them or if they just want to, they just idolise them. It's they like, just like the, yeah, you just like the idea of it. And yeah, it's that, pre- because especially when you're at school, it's like, I guess the most interesting talk on the playground is like, who's going out with who? And mm-hmm. I didn't engage in or kind of like have any of that. Like, I was very much, I... I mean, kind of up until I was about sort of kind of 14, 15, 16, maybe like most of my friendship groups were girls, like and exclusively girls. And I used to I used to hate going outside. Like, I mean, I loved going outside to like kind of like socialize at like lunch times and stuff. But like all the boys would be playing football and my worst fear would be getting smacked in the face with the football. So I literally just used to like walk around the edge of the playground and 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 and, and that kind of thing just to kind of like keep myself safe to, to keep myself safe. And like, I guess, again, it's that thing of hindsight. It's like at the time it was just like this is what I do. And like, this is, this is the thing. But like looking back on it now, it was like, I just didn't feel like affiliated with that world at all. So I was doing everything that I, it was, it, it's just like, it's just being able to find your tribe, isn't it? Yeah. Because, because there was nothing wrong with me sort of like socializing in the circles that I did, but everything around you in society, like tells you that it's weird and and, well, and it's odd yeah and this is what I want to ask like how was that received by your peers and like your family were people okay with it or were you kind of being told that it was not okay I can honestly say that I felt like that I was just left to like just get, get, like get on with it it's just like people just accepted it and like that was the way that it was and I guess the only time when I kind of felt like a little bit uncomfortable about it was when like I would hear people say like, oh, like the girls love him. And I guess like inside, like I was literally like, no, it is not that. Like I am literally mm. just friends with these, like friends with these girls, because I guess at that point, like, you know, especially for me, like I knew that like 
I, I, I knew the answers. I knew the definitive, the answer to everything. It was like, oh my God, I'm gay. Like, it was like, I'm gay. So like when people were saying that, it was just like, oh my God, like come off it. That is not the reason. Like I'm not sort of like being courted by all of these girls. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they, 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 I was like, they're very much just my friends. So yeah, it, it was just like an accepted thing. And I feel like that there were other, I think there were a couple of other boys in my year who kind of like, would sort of like move in similar circles to me but you feel I guess you feel lonely but I guess at that age you just kind of get on with things and for me I can say like I was very like academic and I just cracked on with everything at school so as much as it was there in my mind I think there was always something else to kind of like take precedent I just kind of got on with things and it was just like these are the people that I'm friends with and then I guess as I started to get like a little bit more comfortable with myself, like those friendship circles changed and I was kind of like more comfortable around like being friends with guys, like, and, and, and because I think a lot of it was, was that like, I didn't think that I would be accepted into a friendship with a man because it was like, you're not, I guess just, you're not manly enough to sort of like hold a friendship with a man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, uh yeah I relate very strongly to that I had lots of male friends when I was a kid but like from kind of puberty onwards basically zero and I still find it really hard to relate to straight men like I've I'm you know that's like you you learn a lot of lessons good and bad when you're a teenager especially like a young teenager that like Mm -hmm. I think you spend a lifetime kind of unlearning um yeah and you do all the code switching as well which I guess still happens now to a degree. Like that thing of it's like, how do I make myself relatable to a sort of like very, I guess in the most extreme sort of sort of like situation, like a very sort of like macho presenting straight guy. It's like, how do I make myself relatable to that? So yeah, you 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 code switch in like whatever way you know how. And I don't know, it's like, do you change your voice? Do you sort of like, you're sort of just like, clinching onto some sort of like topic that you think is like going to be interesting to that person so it's 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 such a minefield isn't it find yourself saying mate yeah (laughs) how did that word just go to my mouth yeah I know excuse me you never say that like yeah before we move on like I guess you said earlier that you didn't you would you would find it hard to like pinpoint an age but like at what point did you kind of admit to yourself that you were gay And at what point did you start to tell other people? Or are we going to come on to that? Yeah, I think, yeah. So I was, I think it's so hard to kind of like know what the point, because when you look, especially now, like kind of like looking back and sort of like seeing how I was and seeing everything that was there, I guess it's kind of like, it just always has been there. Mm -hmm. I guess what I will say is, is that like, not still now I'm still sort of like accepting that like not accepting it per se but accepting the journey that Mm -hmm. I went on to sort of like discover that because you know I think for a lot of people like you know you know I know people that have been like yeah and I was very vocal about it when I was like 11 and I'm just like oh my god wow and then I was like I was outed at second I was like outed at secondary school um and how old was I at that point like 17 maybe like 16 or 17 and I remember it being 
I mean, it was quite, it, it, it was such a sort of like, it was such a frustrating and kind of like upsetting, like kind of like moment of, 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 of being at school. But really the reaction to it, like wasn't actually like as crazy, like as I thought it was, um, because people just kind of got on with it. Like, and I think people just kind of thought that it was just this sort of like, one-off thing that like might have happened like with someone it's like oh like did you kiss that guy like and 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 it's sort of and I think I remember someone like actually asking me about it and me kind of being like oh like I don't know like maybe I'm bisexual like I don't know like and um but 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 then kind of what made it difficult was that because people kind of like circled around the conversation I then sort of think when I was like 21 maybe a bit this mm, because it, it it wasn't like I told all of my friends and my family at like exactly the same time it was just like it then sort of like kind of like after that kind of like 21 onwards it was just sort of like whenever I was ready to kind of like have the conversations with people like I did and actually like it was so kind of like awkward like saying it to some of my friends because it was like they already know this information. So why am I kind of like having to then kind of like mm-hmm. pussyfoot around it? And 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 they and they were just sort of like, yeah, like it's cool. But mm-hmm. it was still, it's still always uncomfortable, like having that conversation. Um and then, you know, having it with my mom was like a huge thing, like a huge thing for me, setting myself up to do that. And then again the trauma that you set yourself up with like and 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 everything that you bottle up and you pick you pitch so many scenarios in your head of like how it plays out and it was everything but and it was like right. it, it 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 was i guess the most important conversation i've like had in my life and it was full of love and care and my family have all been exactly the same really um and what's actually been amazing is, is that like, you know, since It's a Sin came out and, you know, my family, you know, adored the show and we've, we've kind of like had a lot of conversations. I had like the most amazing conversation, like with one of my great aunts the other day. And it's kind of, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing sometimes what, again, just kind of like going back to sort of like what that show does. It's just amazing sort of like the conversations that it can open up. So I feel very lucky and, and and privileged to sort of like have that kind of support network because you know as much as I can as I just said you know the, the it feels really traumatic to kind of like live with that in you for so long and you hold on to it and you create such like catastrophe in your head I was so upset about having to have that conversation and my mom was upset because she she was she didn't want me to be upset and mm-hmm. um so you know it's as as much as you know there was that trauma like I have do have this like incredible support network like I'm so lucky I'm so 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 lucky um well thank you for thank you for sharing that story that's beautiful and I'm really Mm -hmm. glad that you had such a positive experience with it it's always going to be it's always going to be built up like that isn't it but um yeah it sounds like a really great outcome yeah, I think like, and I mean, you know, and I, and again, like thinking about doing it as a sin, like just so to go back back to it, but it's just sort of 
when you think about some of the journeys that those characters go on where like not only are they dealing with like the internal struggle they deal with the reality of what happens when like the people who are meant to be their support network don't then offer them that support so I think just sort of seeing that and sort of like living in all of that it just makes you appreciate it even more doesn't it so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 100% Mm. um let's move on to your next item film or tv series you have given your movie which you have put yes. as fame i'm, I'm gonna live forever <laughs> <laughs> well i i think i um became aware of like sort of not fame the film but just sort of like fame the phenomenon because i mean I think I just knew the song. I always knew the song. It was always kind of in my sphere. But we, um, when I was at secondary school and I was like doing all of these school productions and stuff, I remember like one of the kind of like performing arts course leaders being like, oh my God, like we have to do fame whilst you're here. (laughs) And she was like, we have to do fame. And I was like, oh, what's fame? And then I went home one day after school and I listened to the soundtrack for like the stage musical that was the show that like sort of was my sort of like catalyst into like musical theater like I remember buying the cd of 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 the stage soundtrack it was one of the ones that stayed with like I would literally be like walking down Dudley street high and the high street in Wolverhampton with it on in my walkman like so (laughs) so cringy just like bopping away to this musical like in Wolverhampton city center and um cringy (laughs) gay as fuck uh, yes 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 it is um and um yeah and I would just like I would sit on YouTube and then like watch clips from the show watch clips from the film watch clips from the TV series and like my mom would like hear these songs like blaring out of my computer like all the time and I remember once she was literally like wow you really like love that show don't you and I was just like yes I do (laughs) um and um one day we went to HMV and um, because at the time I was, yeah, I must've been like thir- like 12 or 13. I can't remember. And we went to HMV and I was like, please, can I buy the Fame DVD? Like, please, 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 please. Can I buy it? And um, it's got an 18 rating. Mm. And like my, like my mom's always been like super lenient with me and like very liberal and stuff. And she was just like, okay fine and 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 also like because I don't I I remember maybe my mom saying that she remembers the tv series being on but I don't remember whether she had any recollection of the film so like it's like it's this film that's set in this like performing arts high school and like the old bedroom that I used to stay in like has this like literally had this like kind of like tv like dvd combi thing in it and I took it home and I watched it over and over and over and over again. And I remember this like really awful thing happened because obviously in everyone's mind, it's this like happy clappy musical. And I remember being sat in my room and watching the film and remember the scene where Coco gets like accosted by that guy and he tells her to go to his house, to the apartment and he Mm -hmm. does the photo shoot of her. And there's the scene where she's like completely nude, like sat in the chair and he's like recording her. And it's that really awful thing. Like, and 
the, the, the shot, they go to the camcorder shot and she's like crying on the shot and she's just, it's just this like top shot and she's completely nude. And I remember like my mom walking past and I was literally like, ah, like just being so <laughs> traumatized that like she'd seen this clip and it's just like, oh my God, this is not what it is. It's like about like all of these like New York kids who are just like completely <laughs> in love with performing. So I was definitely a little bit traumatized by that, but I just think it is, I mean, I don't know kind of like how, for, for me, it's so, it was so formative because having now been to drama school, I can relate to that kind of enthusiasm or even before that, just my love of performing in general, like I related to, to, to all of that. Um, and they're just so vibrant and 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 just like they just love life and they love doing what they do but of course like I think the people that I just sort of like saw and related to the most were Jean Anthony Ray and Irene Cara and Jean Anthony Ray is like this kind of like force to be reckoned with and he's so he's just like so suave and like I love the scene where he's just like skating down the corridor in his like roller skates and he's got like his little shorts on and and the like leggings and things and I remember after watching this film I was obsessed with leg warmers and (laughs) I used to (laughs) I used to um like at one point I used to go to my dance lessons like wearing leg warmers and I I don't remember anyone saying them and I had like them in a few different colours. I definitely had like a fluorescent green pair of leg warmers. I had like a fuchsia pair of leg warmers and I had like a very just kind of like plain conservative black pair. And I felt like that they were the ones that I would get away with because it looked more like uniform. And again, like they served me no purpose in terms of like uniform, (laughs) like they didn't do anything. Like, I mean, obviously they say with leg warmers, like, obviously for ballet it's like it's literally to keep your legs warm to keep them safe but I was like I didn't know that it was fat I I just thought that they looked (laughs) cool and I was probably the only person at that point who thought that leg warmers looked cool (laughs) like everyone must have looked at me and literally been like what are you doing but um yeah it it, I, I kind of think of so many things and a lot of it kind of like goes back to seeing fame for the first time so was that energy yeah. yeah, was that the kind of first thing that you saw that maybe let you think, oh, that's something that I could pursue? That was like where you learned it could be a viable career path for you. Like, yeah. Did that kind of, do you think that really set you up? Def- definitely, because I then, and obviously I had this, I, I, I loved the stage musical and then we actually did it a couple of years later, like at school. Um and I was too young to play Tyrone because they only gave the parts to like the upper section of the school. But I was like, I was like just as thrilled to like, just like be in the show. And actually, oh my God, there was this really awkward, th- 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 there's like this section at the beginning of the second act where like they're doing a school production or something. And I remember like being, because the because the performing arts um, course leader, uh, like Miss Crawford, like she, she knew how much I loved 
like being on stage. She, she used to put me in as much as she could, even though I was much younger than everyone else. And she put me in this number where like, it was like this tango number. And I was like partnered with this girl. And I was so, when I was younger, I used to, I used to be really short, like, cause I'm like six foot now. And I, I used to be really short. And I, then I just suddenly had this massive growth spurt. And I remember in this number, this like <laughs> year 11 or like sixth form girl having to do this lift with me as a year nine. And I remember like, I had to kneel down on the floor and she'd like put her leg like over my shoulder and I had to like stand up with her for like the button <laughs> of the song it went wrong so many times and I just remember being like again just this like traumatic stage experience of being like I'm in the show that I love and I can't like lift this girl off the floor because I'm just so little and weak and just like I can't do it um but yeah and then and then kind of like after that I I then saw like one like a professional production of it in Birmingham I saw it at the Hippodrome and I was just like in love with it and I remember like reading the program and like seeing where they all trained and I remember that being one of the first times that I saw like Art said, which was the drama school that I went to in London and I was like oh my god they went they went there I want to go there and then yeah it was definitely this sort of like formative show for me in terms of like just going this is what I want to do or, or, or even if I hadn't got to that point yet just I really freaking love this yeah yeah well and look where it led you um the dizzy, <laughs> the dizzy heights it's amazing I know we're gonna move on straight away to your last item if that's okay yes 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 wild card so the final item that made you queer is your wild card and uh-huh. you have given us Spice Girls, the 2019 World Tour. Oh my god! So full circle moment. Back to the girl groups. Back to the girl groups. I mean, I get because I um, they did the tour like in I can't was it like 2007 or something like that, and or, yeah. or maybe a bit later. I can't remember, and I didn't see that. And I think I remember a few girls from like my school saying that they that they went when they did all of those like O2 dates. And I was just like, I really hope I get to see them one day. And I remember um, when I was at in my first year at drama school, they had their musical on in the West End, Viva Forever. And a couple, like literally two of my flatmates, I think, worked front of house at the, I think it was on at the Piccadilly and they worked front of house there. And they were like, Amari, this is an interesting show. And then obviously, like, it didn't survive for very long. Um, and for some reason, I just thought I would never, ever, ever get to see them live. Um, so when they announced this tour, I was just completely beside myself. And I remember, where was I? I was living in London and I was doing I was doing a, a, a show um, at, at the Old Vic. And I remember making this huge arrangement, like I made a WhatsApp group and I was like, right guys, who wants tickets for this? And it was just this like huge operation. Like, you know how people like make huge plans to like get their tickets for Glastonbury? Like this was yep. like my moment, but just with yep. this concert and um, got my tickets. And I, uh, the first time I, well, yeah, this is the thing I went twice and I went, first time I went was in Manchester <laughs> I went in Manchester and um I went with one of my really good friends Leighton and um I bought like I well actually it was from a thing that I'd had last year my friend had a drag party and I went as Baby Spice and I bought these like huge platform trainers that had like they've got like a white platform on them I still got them and they had this kind of like 
holographic like print all over it mm-hmm. um and I bought this whole like pink outfit and this like pigtail wig and um I wore those shoes to the gig but for the, the first time I went and um quite embarrassingly on my way to London my friend had told me that he thought that we were going to go to Melby's birthday party after the gig because his friend who was one of the backing dancers was like yeah like you can come to Melby's birthday party and I remember getting to Manchester and freaking out because I had these kind of like silly platform shoes on and I was like oh my god I can't go to Melby's birthday party looking (laughs) like this and I like built myself up so much to this and then his friend was like no you can't come because her sister's arranging it and it's meant to be a surprise party so it's like and I mean I should have known better from the beginning but yeah I was just like I was very disappointed but obviously like it just obviously didn't take away from the experience of just sort of like seeing that gig which was just incredible and I was stood like right in this sort of center of it all because they've kind of had that sort of like circular stage that kind of like came out from the main stage and um there were people from all over the world and 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 obviously that was going to happen because obviously those dates were just like only in the UK and I remember speaking to a couple of guys from from South America and it was just like this amazing like bonding experience with just like loads of people just bonding over their just like love over this like huge phenomenon which was these girls and then I I stayed over in Manchester and the next day I went to this cafe and I had some breakfast and then really strangely the the same two guys that I was speaking to at the gig were in this cafe and we just sat and we had breakfast with each other and they were like showing me all of their Spice Girls tattoos and just sort of like telling me about how much I how much they loved them and yeah it was just like it, it was it was amazing and then I just couldn't help myself and I just was in London again and I was like right I'm getting a ticket and I'm going to see it at Wembley and then I went with another friend. Sounds like a full circle moment for you because you're you're getting to like experience those things that you've idolized as a child but you're yeah. doing them as like a out presumably out and proud gay man and like being able to just fully celebrate the entire and find community there. And yeah, that's really wonderful. I didn't get to see that show. They announced it and it was on the exact same day as my wedding. So the Spice Girls, and we actually had friends that had to decide between the Spice Girls concert and our wedding. And um, yeah, I definitely lost lost a few friends to the Spice Girls. So I totally totally understand the significance. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Like, I I mean, I kind of can't blame them. Oh my god, that is so crazy! But I mean, just two two iconic events like happening at exactly, exactly, the same time. exactly. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed yeah. to do? Um, oh, I love that for you, and I love like picturing little Omari at that Spice Girls concert, like kind of next to you. That's really nice in those platform shoes too. Yeah. Um, maybe if you'd had those platform shoes, you could have done that lift. You never know. oh my god I'll just I'll I'll never forgive myself for that but you know we move on well babes we have to wrap up I think but quick before you go Amari I just want to play a quick game of but is it queer is it queer so um this is the uh, the game where we definitively decide whether or not things are queer or not I'm gonna start Mm -hmm. what do you think is it queer Instagram. Yeah. 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 Because we, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we like, 
I, I, I don't know. We, we, we've given queerness more of a platform, haven't we? So I, That's true. I, I would say so. That's mm. true. I guess my counter to that is like, they censored nipples and like, and you've, it's true. like created like a culture of like comparison and. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was it's, totally it's convinced sides, it wasn't. It, it, totally. Mm. I was going to say it wasn't. Instagram, I think we're going to have to say a solid maybe. Yeah, cool. I, I, I can meet you on that. I can meet you on that because I, I, I hear you out. Um, okay, is it, is, it, is, it my, is it my turn? Yeah, now? if you've got one, give me one. I do, I do have one because there is a cap staring at me in front of me, a merchandise <laughs> cap. Is Six the Musical queer? <laughs> <laughs> um, there is nothing more queer than a vengeful woman. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that is queerness defined. Yeah. An angry, an angry, wronged, scorned woman. Yeah, that is queer. That is so true. I guess there is also nothing more queer than just sort of like replacing, or, or I guess sort of remounting history, like boring history, history to me at school to like a bunch of pop songs. Like, great. Thank 100%. you. Hundred percent. And they've yeah. got a song. Haven't they got a whole song about like? being the bad bitch on the throne and crowning it and like oh uh, yeah uh, like get down it's like a sort yeah. of like Nicki Minaj kind of thing yeah vibe. very yeah. queer very, very queer. queer indeed yes um yes okay fine six the musical queer coca-cola <laughs> absolutely uh, absolutely not absolutely yeah, not absolutely not. yeah there's no way absolutely not I mean I tried to Diet find a Coke is... in yeah, no, Diet Coke could maybe be queer adjacent just because, like, probably all the gays drink it. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it's like nothing, nothing that big in corporate can ever be queer, in my opinion. No, that, that, that was the angle that I was going to go down. And actually, I was going to try and divert it. And then I was like, no, but that was Pepsi when Britney did the Pepsi advert. <laughs> Pepsi <laughs> is much more queer. Like, yeah, that Brit, because the that Spice Britney Girls did Pepsi as well. Generation Next. Yes, um, yeah. But yeah, the Britney, Beyonce and Pink video where they're gladiators, very queer. Oh my God, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But yeah. we're talking about Coca-Cola, so Coca-Cola is not queer. Coca-Cola, not queer. Pepsi, maybe queer. Mm-hmm. Okay, give me one last one and then and then you can go. One more. Oh my gosh. Is it queer to have loads of houseplants? Ah! <laughs> Hundred percent, hundred percent. If twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one has taught us nothing, is that gays and houseplants are inextricably linked, and yes. um, pl- the rise of the plant daddy over the last year. So yes, exactly, exactly. And I'm saying this like objectively as someone who I don't have like a lot, like at all. But I mean, you were talking about Instagram, and I see. The amount of people that that have like a lot of houseplants, and I'm literally like, wow, like, are we like, what what are we replacing here? But it's just like, yeah, <laughs> pe- people pe- people have a, a, a lot of gays have a lot of plants, and it's great. And that brings us back to our very first one with the Instagram, because there's a an account gays with plants. So, um, oh god, I've not seen that. Yeah, it's just it's just hot gays shirtless <laughs> with their houseplants. <laughs> so there you go, full circle. Oh, yes. <laughs> Okay, that's it. We've we've solved Amazing. it. Um, those things are or are not queer. 
Omari, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, and it's been great oh getting、God. to know you and your story. And、um, thank you very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure, and you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having. You're、me. amazing. Okay. <laughs> talk to you soon. Bye, babe. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Things That Made Me Queer. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as always, and please just go spread the word if you can. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, share, tweet, Instagram, DM, write a letter, send a pigeon—I don't know—all of the things. Please also tweet me with the things that made you queer, so I can share them on a future episode. You can use the hashtag the things that made me queer, and I will see them that way. Thank you. So thank you for listening, as always, and until next week, I've been Crystal. Stay sparkly, transparent, and cheap. Oh, and queer, definitely queer. Our theme song is something like "Summer" by Cave Boy. The things that made me queer is a World of Wonder production.